Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hello, I'm Darren Harriet, and you should definitely visit the Black Country Living Museum. Oh, it's amazing. It's one of the highest rated places on TripAdvisor. Uh, hello, and welcome to National Treasures Podcast. Um, we'll probably do this bit in an intro, so anyway. We are here at the Black Country Living Museum. The Black Country Living Museum, yeah. How are you, Will Duggan? I'm very well, um... I've got a jumper on. I haven't got a coat with me, and it has started to spit spot rain. It is a bit spit spot rain, isn't it? I've got an umbrella that you can borrow, though. Um, so, uh, for the first time, I'm a bit nervous about somewhere we're going. Oh, please don't. Please adjust that. You can't park like that, mate. Fuck you. Laura uh, has become <sighs> nervous about where we're going, but also about the little white line, little white line. You've parked terribly, mate. You need to adjust your car. No one can park next to you. Oh, I hate other people. We've been on the road for three days now and my hatred for everybody is growing and growing. If you um, if you rented a roll-top van <laughs> in the northwest area uh, on Tuesday, the 27th of July, 2020, and sta- stayed in the fast lane, the third lane, for far too long, Laura has called you every name under the sun. I have. And I don't apologise at all. Grow up and learn to read. He's not going to move it. They're both looking at all the white lines. You're parked over the white line. Oh, you piece of shit. Anyway. Why are you nervous, Laura? I'm nervous for the first time because when I was looking at the TripAdvisor reviews for this place last night, I normally, when somewhere's overwhelmingly positive, I think... Uh, I think the bad ones are funny, um, but I don't take too much notice of them. Sure. For the first time last night, I read the bad ones, and there were a lot of one and two stars from the last month, and a lot of them felt like they were saying very similar things, like, I've been a lot, and... Oh, he's locking the car. I've been a lot, and this is the first time I've been, and it's been bad. You're listening to the National Treasures Parking Podcast. (laughs) Why isn't he moving it? You've made it impossible for anyone to use the space next to you. You stupid grinning ghoul of a man. Anyway, okay. Uh, so, there were lots of five stars. I will say it's overwhelming that he's walked away. Oh, God, I want to go. Anyway, With the owner of a it. black Isuzu D Max. Registration number. Can't six. read out his registration <laughs> number. <laughs> right, so lots of five stars. Um, someone mentioning their son meeting a TikTok favourite called Mr. Stern. Oh, I'm 34. I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, me neither. But I thought, oh, okay, maybe. Because there, there seem to be people in character. Okay. Um, wandering around. Um, lots of people saying that the characters are great to interact with. I've heard a lot about the fish and chips. The fish and chips are a must. Okay. So apparently they cook them in beef dripping. How do you feel about that? I'm not mad on fish and chips. Okay. 
Oh, the Volkswagen next to him just adjusted their parking and their parking was fine. Laura, you have to stop talking about parking. He's looking at the parking on the Isuzu as well. I'm one of the hosts. I think that's why he's moved that car so that someone else can use the space in between without ruining his car. I applaud you. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast and I'm bored of this. Sorry, it's so annoying. Okay, anyway. Also, this car's even parked near us. It's going to be annoying for people we don't know. Sure. We just we can't go round at the same time as the guy that did that parking. You're damn right we can't. I'm thinking we sit here for an hour. <laughs> okay. Um, so overwhelmingly five stars, I will say. Three stars. Um, th- uh, visited for the first time in several years and under the new COVID regime. Oh, yeah, regime. I liked it being called a regime. Um, the reception and entrance was well organised. It's not the museum's fault that the general public seem incapable of following simple instructions. Fine. AKA. Leave the fucking car alone. <laughs> There's white lines painted on the floor. Just park between them or buy a smaller car. Um, there were significantly less people here than on my last visit. Fewer. Yes, but things felt a lot more crowded. Hmm. The world's getting smaller, I suppose. Sure. Uh, right, this was one of my favourite reviews. This is um, three stars. Um, a person who uh, said they'd had a lovely time and then they went to the cafe. First of all, the cafe had a bit of muck on the table. No! And they didn't like that, so they went to get a cloth. And then they say, Our order of snacks and drinks duly arrived. Whilst- duly arrived. Mm. Whilst ordering our snacks, the following disgusting incidents occurred behind the counter. Oh God, what's happened? What What would you say? What would have to happen behind a counter for you to describe it as disgusting? Bloke doing the chips is picking his nose. Okay. Or, um, guy on the uh, coffee machine is just coughing openly. Okay. Uh, two members of staff banging. All right. <laughs> okay. There were three male counter staff behind the counter. And that's the whole problem, no women. No. Uh, Male one proceeds to begin writing on a piece of paper some six inches away from open plates of savouries. What? Disgusting. He's writing? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Six inches away. Male number two then leans directly on the counter with both forearms again directly over the open plates. What? Yeah, disgusting. At this point, when do they point, start banging? <laughs> at this point, male number three is stood directly behind the other two staff, casually stroking his longish beard with both hands. <laughs> what? <laughs> both hands, just getting both hands in his beard. This disgusting behaviour and clear breach in health and hygiene practices was witnessed by my fellow diners. I was nearly sick. <laughs> I was nearly sick. Imagine. So what? What's a bloke writes something? One bloke looked at it. One bloke had a little stroke of his beard about it. Yeah. You're nearly sick. Nearly sick. Fucking hell! Grow up. No, grow never up. Never watch me cook, mate. <laughs> okay, so now we get into the the worrisome ones. So they're all of the one stars seem to be within the last month. Lots and lots of people saying that they've been multiple times and it's normally great with the stomach up. So some one stars. This one I've included. So we're at the Black Country Museum. We are. They have titled their review. Yeah. CAC Country Museum. <laughs> Who says CAC? <laughs> uh, very old fashioned. I thought that was the point. As ever, wankers leave reviews on TripAdvisor. Yeah. Boring and overpriced. We were four people there. Were nothing to do. We asked about the actors playing in the street and they said that's only on special days. Then we did the mine trip and the mine was not even real. These people wanted to go down a real mine. <laughs> Just go and get a job in a mine. You need to pay for parking and there's a fare which is old. I can understand why, but the prices are more expensive than a new fare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a point. <laughs> the is expensive and there's a queue for everything. The kids don't have nothing to do there. So those are some of my worries that um, that we might be going at a point where a lot is under construction. I think that they're building a few new sections and I think that this for the next year or so might be bad. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt if that's the case that you have to improve things. However, I just don't think you can charge people full price for a bit and have it be rubbish. So we'll see. Sure. Shall we head in? Let's do it.
quite worried, Will, because we just got in and the terrible driver man was immediately blocking a door that I needed to get through and he might be the most oblivious moron I've ever met. Laura, I didn't like him either. <laughs> I'm uh, worried he's going to ruin my, um, my, my experience of the whole day. Let's just keep ourselves nice and chilled and go and see what this is here yeah okay so we've come in through um you enter through the gift shop odd you can probably hear some 50s music in the background because we appear to be in a sort of 50s version of the black country i think to our right is a massive building site oh you're looking at a map yeah so there's like it seems to be very five different bits the campaign corner the good cause the women of the war the gratitude gardens and the health heroes all right so let's um oh, that's the entrance there so we're here in Health Heroes. Okay, right. So let's go and look at Health Heroes. There's some great rock and roll being played. Bradburn and Wedge. Ooh. Oh, it looks like a garage. By 1906, Turner had a nationwide reputation for its steam cars. However, the technological tide was turning. Petrol cars were becoming more popular. Whatever happened to them? Petrol cars? Yeah. Um, burned all the oil. <laughs> and Elon Musk turned up. With his electric car. <laughs> oh, I like this look. There's a sign on the wall that says, we recommend that you wear a face covering to enter this building. Thank you. And then underneath, what does it say? We suggest you cover your face before you come in. Talk very much. Love it. I really like that. That's a nice touch. Ooh. Black Country Vehicles. The Sunbeam. The Diamond. Oh, I like that one. There's like a motorbike with a cool um, sidecar, like, almost like a leather baby buggy. So we're in like an old sort of like car garage. There's loads from... Your classic like Model Ts up to your 1960s speed cars. Should have a little walk around and then. Do you know much about cars? I know where the key goes. <laughs> I like cars, but I don't know anything about them. I like the red ones. Yeah. Oh, there's a fire engine over there. I know that like I imagine the shape of cars these days is better for aerodynamic and all that sort of thing, but cars looked better in the past, didn't they? Up to a certain point, yes, and then you hit like those real boxy ones with really straight lines, and they are grim. Bit of wood down the side. They were so low to the ground, you must have had a real rumbly bum. I really like motorbikes from the past that are like, they look like bicycles. Yeah. Yeah. They look a bit like the electric bikes that you get now. Yeah, but for top legends. <laughs> Yeah, this is really cool. It's got a great smell of motory, um, like oily smell. We're walking past the building site bit now, and yeah, it's just hoardings up, but they have done quite well, I think, at putting big signs up on it with really interesting stuff about the end of the war and rationing and how that carried on, and then the big um, sort of the growth of the British economy in the 1950s. So, yeah, it's not, it's a bit more like a normal museum. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you leave the cars, we've gone, honestly, maybe 20 metres, and every panel's got a poster, for example, this one here, about the Laurie Thomas hairdressers in Tipton. Laurie Thomas was a small bustling family business. Laurie married Phyllis in 1933. She studied hairdressing. Like, we, we, we're getting some insight into the people that it's about. So, frankly, it's not moaning. Everyone's not moaning. Yeah, I suppose maybe it's worse if you know what was there before, whereas we've never been <sighs> before, so we're just kind of like, oh, this thing isn't ready yet, rather than like, oh, that bit isn't there, and... But you've got to assume, like, I, I, I would assume, they've not, like, knocked down their best attraction to rebuild this. <laughs> no. Oh. It's a coconut shy. Oh, my God. <gasps> Is this the fairground? All right, yeah, there's a bit of a, a tiny fairground bit here. So you can throw a ball at the skittles and try and knock it, knock it down for a teddy bear. Cash only, alas. Do you want to go on the Tin Can Alley? What's the Tin Can Alley? Oh, it's a shooting range. 
Oh, they've got old games and stuff that you can win. That's cute. Good morning. Good morning. Are you good at stuff like that? Yeah. What you do with the roll down tables, you have six balls and you roll them downward at a time into these slots, add the numbers together as you go, and you want all six balls to add up to any one of those winning numbers. All right, Laura, would you go on first? Um, I want to do this numbers one. All right, I'm excited then. about this. The last ball is a ball that counts. Yeah, all right. So you could, it always is possible to get a winning number in the last ball, depending what slot you get it in. Is the highest number the better prize, or is it random? The more sixes you get, the more opportunities you get with the last ball. Okay, so insider last, info. So you've got a 29, a 31 and a 32. So if you can get up a bit higher, then the last ball you've got three options at getting a number. Yeah, okay. And the lower numbers you get only one option at getting a Yeah, so all right. Try and get some sixes. <laughs> so I'm rolling up to you, you can rest them behind that leg okay. at the top. Thank one, two, you. Three, four, five, six. All right. And one, two, three, four, five, six. So very best of luck. Go Thank on, Laura. you. Good morning. Oh, so yes, in a two. a two, okay. Oh, in a four. I the six is a bit narrower, you know. Do you reckon? Another four, but it's not quite in there. I hope that still counts. A three. Oh, straight down one. You've got to get a one, a 17. Okay. Uh, and that's it for you, a one. I did it! <laughs> You've done it. <laughs> What an anticlimax. I don't know. I don't know what this means. Okay. Will's turn. Will's got a, t a two to begin with. And then a five. Seven. Eleven. Oh! Seventeen. Twenty. Twenty. So I need a three. Gotta be a three. Yeah, it's gotta be a three for you, Will. Balls. It's a five. Oh, it's a twenty-five for Will. I did, yeah. I've got seventeen, I believe. Uh, so what's that? Four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Oh, how oh. did we miscount that? <laughs> I think. Seven, eight, nine. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, that is not, not seventeen, is it? <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh. <laughs> you told me I needed the one. So we've got a go on the darts and then a go. All right. The well, we can't Thank count anyway. or throw balls. Let's go on the darts. You get three darts each, and you have to try and stick three separate cards, different suits and numbers. Okay. If you want a different suit and a different yes. number. Yeah. So say if you if you got the Queen of Diamonds, five of clubs, and four parts, you'd win. Great. All different suits and all different numbers. Okay. It can be anywhere at all on the board. Okay. All right. So there we go. There's your three, and there's three just there. Right, you can go first this time. Very right. best of luck. Thank you. He's got a five, five of clubs, clubs first of all. It's a nine, nine of spades. It's a queen of diamonds. Isn't it? Yes. That's it. Excellent. Very well, well done, done well. Very well done. So that's a bottom shelf prize all the way along for this end. Right. Brilliant. Well. Okay. Five of hearts. Oh, I think I've missed the card though. Maybe. That's a miss. I think I just missed two of the cards. What should I get from the bottom? Um, a kazoo would be very annoying. A pop gun would be cool as shit. What about a ball and walrus? What's a ball and walrus? Yeah, I didn't even hit the cards. So it's all the way along. So what? Can I have a pop gun, please? Certainly. Prepare for a lot of that Lovely noise stuff. on the show, Lovely. listeners, because well Will's got himself a pop gun. Right, so now are we on the shooting? All right. So you get four corks each. Okay. Four there and four there. And whatever you shoot off that shelf, you win. It's a very okay. bad look. Right. Oh, it's heavier than I thought it would be. Um, I desperately want those frutellas. Laura aims the frutellas. She does it. She misses, but it's bloody close. Cork in, Laura. Okay, so shove a cork in the end. Break the barrel. Oh, I don't think I'd have been much of a gun back in the day. Whatever you shoot off the shelf, you win. 
Laura there, the upper body strength of an absolute king. No, 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 you didn't do it. What does the breaking the barrel do? It's really heavy. Right, we're struggling now too, just so that you know. Okay. I didn't struggle. She aims the frutellas. She's got her eyes on the prize. She's a bit high and to the right. Aim low and left, Laura. I was going for the mawams that time. Yeah, they were just high. Okay. Yep, then all the way down, the clicks. Very good. Uh, she put her finger in the one place the man said not to. <laughs> bit far right, but you. Oh, you go for Mamma, I'll tell you. Yeah, I just think that the Mawam's the bigger target, you know. Hey, you want a big tag, go for the candy floss, mate. Oh, I also think they're blue tacked down. You also haven't hit one. <laughs> Final bullet. Yes! Did you hear tell I was very calm. <laughs> okay, we've walked past the uh, closed pit. So I think normally you can go down like a recreation of a coal mine pit. Um, it's not open. Yeah, I guess that's annoying if that's normally quite a big feature. Well, it's not, not anyone's fault. Not anyone's fault, but sh should you pay full price if their stuff isn't open? Well, I can see your argument. My argument is always, at the end of it, think, have I done that amount's worth of money of stuff? Sure. How much are tickets to this? £20 for adults. Okay, alright. So, okay, well, we're now in a little coal area, though. Uh, so the sort of the piles of coal. And a recreation, like a pit office, that's got a poster talking about a mine disaster, which I assume is quite realistic. And after the disaster, the councillor has called for a motor ambulance. <laughs> yeah, I think you should have a motor ambulance. <laughs> if they exist, have one. This is a mine shaft. I'm eating my frutellas now in case the sounds grow, sorry about that. There's a big bucket coming up full of coal. I don't think I'd have liked to be a miner. Good height for it, but... I like the way they've put the tracks around. It gives it a nice authentic feeling, doesn't it? Yeah, I wonder if it is at all authentic. That is a mine shaft. <laughs> yeah, I guess. If you were going to put a museum like this in, why wouldn't you put it in in the site of where coal mining was done. That is an excellent point. Right, it's a little house on the left here. You ever used like a coal fire? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, that was a good conversation. <laughs> Have you? Uh, no, also. All right, so there's a little house. You've got some steps, there's like a tank where stuff would be. Oh, it's the pit engine. We'll find out very, very soon. I imagine it cranks the mine shaft though. Yeah, okay. The Minecraft shaft. Oh my god, I'm going to play Minecraft when I get home tonight. Yeah, it's exactly that. Steam powered winding engine raises and lowers the cage up and down the pit shaft. Hit <laughs> shaft. Uh, it was made <laughs> in 1860 by Seastark. Oh, it was made in Devon in Torquay. May have been first set to work in a Devon copper mine. From around 1910, it was used at John Hall's Amblecote. Oh, every part of my brain wanted to say St. John's Ambulance then. Um, colliery number 12 fire clay pit until 1926 when it was replaced by a more modern engine. Did you hear the man talking to his friend? Uh, yes. He said when he first started working here, he said, I thought all the kids were dim. They didn't know what coal was. And then I realised, I'm the dim one. They've gone up with central eating. <laughs> it is, in a nice way, a little bit more visceral than a Beamish. Yeah. Like, with Beamish, I knew they'd built a recreation of X and Y and Z to show you what it was like. Whereas here, I don't know if they've done that, or if they've built it round an old mine, which is good, I think. 
Yeah, so far it sort of feels like all the places we played as a child that we were not supposed to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then is this a worker's house? I assume so. That's a butter dish, and that's what I'm really confident in. Yes, that's a teapot. I know that. Uh, in in the um, in the real world, I'm. Oh, toll house in I'm 1904. Anne Hodgkiss. Yes. <laughs> right, this is the toll house. It was built in 1843. It was used as a wood at Woodsetton on the Turnpike Road which the Earl of Dudley owned everything around the area, so it would be money going to him. If you can imagine, there was lots of horse and carts travelling around, so they'd have to stop here and pay the toll. Now, there's a window either side, which whoever's running the toll could open and take the money from inside. Now, there were some unscrupulous people <laughs> that noticed where they'd put the money, and they'd reach in and grab it, so... The tollkeeper would get into trouble because he hadn't got all the money for the earl. <laughs> and also, gentlemen on the carts, they needed to relieve themselves and they used to wee up the corner so it sapped into the brickwork. Oh. So the ammonia and that was not very good. So that's why you see here now there's rolling buttresses. <laughs> so they built these. So two if I need reasons. a wee, I'll do it here, yeah? If you try and reach over for the bunny, you're going to lose yeah. your balance. And if gentlemen weed up them, it'd splash back on them so they wouldn't want to do that, would they? Oh, that's so really funny. So they ceased to be used as a, a toll house in the late 1890s because by then you've got all the canals working and if you can move 30 tonnes on one of the barges rather than a tonne on a horse and cart that's the way yeah. Yeah, they'd sure. be moved so they ceased to be used then so uh, they went over and let people rent them <laughs> Thank you very much Thank you This is the school. Oh no, more metal hoops, Will. Metal hoops, mate. Metal hoops. They annoyed us at Beamish. There's a lesson going on. There's a lesson? Okay. It's going to head into the school building. Yes. We've missed the lesson. We've just got here just at the end. We're definitely going to get detention. So the school building itself was built in 1842 and they are dealing with it as if it was 1912. Oh, that's cute. So they're doing lessons every 45 minutes uh, and 45 people can go and sit on the benches and have a lesson from one of the people that work here, which is really lovely. It's a nice building, all sort of whitewashed stone walls signs up everywhere, big rafters. That's fun, I like the frequency that they're doing the lessons, that's good. Yeah. Carl, you do think it must have been freezing being a kid there at the real time. Hey, um, so there seems to be three members of like uh, the acting staff there, a lady doing a lesson, an older man and then a younger man who looked quite severe, but he had a real uh, time-appropriate moustache, which he must have after he finished his work in 2021. But that's all cool beans these days, isn't it? Well, it depends on who you are. I think we're coming up to the, uh, to, to the fish and chip shop, mate. But you said you're not fussed about fish and chips, so you don't want to try them. I just mean in general. Oh, all right. Hobbs and Sons restaurant. Also, it's quarter past 11. Yeah, I mean, I'm not hungry either. I ate a ton of hash browns for my breakfast. There's a good queue for them now. That's the fish and chips there. This bit's really lovely. So you sort of end up walking down a high street and then to your right, there's more of it. Just set down the hill ever so slightly. Uh, you've got T.H. Moral menswear specialists. Do you want a new suit, Will? I actually have a suit very like a couple of these. 
I like quite a classic cut in my suits. So we're going down a back alley, uh, behind the shops. Oh, and you can just wander in and see people's houses. Cute. Ooh, okay. So it's full of like old radios and electrical equipment. Someone's got some circuit tracing up on the wall. I guess this is the back of the hardware shop. Krypton's radio stores. During the 1930s, radios were a must-have item. People tuned in daily to listen to a wide range of shows, providing a constant source of news and entertainment. Germany calling. Germany calling. That's oh, what? we learned about him. Lord Hall. Lord Hall. Yeah. That'll be on the Patreon on the years and years, if you're interested. These are some steep steps for small knees. So we're in like a, like a 1930s living room, table, four chairs, a couple of little dressers, mirror. This reminds me very much of my grandparents' house. But I don't know, is this, do you think, the house of like your affluent mercantile classes, your working classes? Because I'd say for 30s, this is probably like shopkeeper because it's above the shop. Yeah, so I imagine you work downstairs and you're then up here. So I'd have thought like fairly middle class. Yeah. You're not going Tenerife, but you are going Butlins. Yeah, because like often I think when you see like real workers' cottages for people doing manual labour, you've got the living room, but there's a bed in the corner yeah, that's very true. where one of them sleeps. Yeah, this furniture reminds me so much of my grand's furniture. Not gonna lie, I quite like my house built like this. <laughs> really? Is this your taste? Just classic, isn't it? Mm, no. Yeah. What do you mean, classic? Classic 1930s. Yeah, classic 1930s, but you can't just say it's classic. Classic this era. Yeah, which is horrible. <laughs> I hate Art Deco. It, all this, like, chintzy... Too much pattern everywhere. It's like the 70s. It's You'd awful. hate my little bar in my house. It's all art deco cut crystal and. Oh. Yeah, probably would. If you ever invited me over. Well, you keep inviting. Last time I invited you round, you didn't come round and you live, what, 15 minutes away? Uh, drive, 45 minute walk. 25 minute cycle. It was, it was pouring with rain. I sent you a video of the rain. I, li I live very close to you, I know it was raining. And you wanted me to get soaked just to come round and look at your shit bar. I'll make you a cup of tea. <laughs> Ooh, we're in the kitchen. A hygiene cabinet brings joy to the home. That's cute, actually. So there's like a little list of all of your main ingredients. It's really making me laugh that top of your main ingredients, your cupboard staples, is ammonia. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then they've got little flicky tabs next to them. So if you've got them in, you have it on the white side. And if you're running low, you flick it to the red side to help you with your shopping. I legit might get one of them. That kitchen is a kitchen I could have. I think a kitchen is about the only place I would want to have um, as old-fashioned, like a modern and sleek, but with a retro look. You, your kitchen is a bit like that. You've got one of those matching mix things. Yeah. They're very modern. Do you mean a KitchenAid? Yes. Yes. Another little motorcycle shop. Ooh, the Workers' Institute. Oh, I think that might be the mayor over there. I think he's just a guest. Really nice There's a man talking about a pigeon over there. I love how many staff there are. It's one of those ones where it's really better to come in the school holidays oh, because... Oh, the just a, just a cafe. All right. Well, good to have. Do you have a cup of tea? Um, yeah, I could go for a cup of tea, actually. Can we walk up here and then come back to a cup of tea, go down to the bottom of the high street? Okay, so there's more building work going on to the left here. You really get the feeling that maybe in two years' time this is going to be brilliant and it's not that it's bad today but it feels a bit like half a place i don't know like i think it's good i think that's a bit unfair actually laura okay very rarely would you go to alton towers and go oh they're building a new slope they're building a new uh if they're building a new roller coaster it's like great but it's not like there's nothing to see there will be more in the future but that's fine
Mayor in Stevens Park, gift of Mr Ernest Stevens, JP, to the borough of Stourbridge, declared open to the public Monday, April the 6th, 1931. There's a big marquee, lots of outdoor seating. This is nice. Oh, there's a playground up to the right too, so you can just have like a bit of a chill out. crafts and stuff going on in here oh, so they've done this marquee out a bit like a scout hut um sort of like a craft station so you can pick up little bits and make things with your children. Yes, it's Boy Scout Bobber Job Week. Good, Good morning. morning. Right, do you know much about the Scout Movement? I was in no. it for a while. Oh, were you? Yes. So are you our Scout Leader? I am today. Yes, yes. I'm the Scout Leader today. Donald Spinks. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Born in 1905. Scout Leader of the, uh, the First Sedgley. Okay. Which was actually formed in 1910. Okay. Which was just after the Scout Movement itself was initiated. So, Yes, carry on. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah, oh, people are having a go at the Skittles. Yes, you're welcome to have a go. There's so much there with the Skittles. I love that they're old-fashioned, but that was just my oh, local yeah, pub growing up. Oh, nine pin. Yeah. It's only nine pins, not the ten. No, but this yeah, is what we used to play as kids at the local pub. Te like. Ten-pin bowling was invented, I think, it, I think it was the 40s, when some state in the US banned, tried to ban gambling and banned nine-pin bowling. So they just added a pin. <laughs> I, I was waiting until... Have three goes. Hello. Have three goes, and then see see how many you do. It's good. Oh, that was beautifully done. There's a bit of a split now to get the last four pins down. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Beautiful. Wonderfully done. That is six out of nine. Impressive. Very cute. We're going over a little bridge over a canal. A canal they've built. What? Really? Oh yeah, yeah it's just a little fake bit, isn't it? Yeah. So it's sort of a pond in the shape of a canal. It's exactly what it is, actually. <laughs> uh, put some boats on it. And we're just crawling over the bridge, and there's the high street. There's a confectioner, a what? chocolate confectioner. I'm going to go and see if I can buy a ten-pound bar of chocolate. Let's oh, go. Oh, the mayor again. I want to kiss the mayor. I'm going to get some acid drops. Take this. No, I'm going in the shop. I'm going to buy some acid drops. I want to buy some sweets too. Maybe I'll buy you some sweets. I've carried it for ages. It's fine then, I won't buy you any sweets. No, can I'll buy my own sweets. I'd rather do that than carry <laughs> that. This is Will, holding it. Let's no, just no, stop no. recording them while we buy sweets. Just so you know, that's we are going to start recording, but that's my idea. What sweets did you get, Will? So I got some acid drops, and you got some rosy apples. I love rosy apples. What's rosy apple? Um, just an apple-flavoured hard sweet. Oh, lovely. So now we're down by the cut. Yeah, if you skip down behind the sweet shop, you go down to the canal, and I imagine this is where you come down to eat your sweets and kiss boys. I hope I find some boys. <laughs> oh, one little acid oh, drop. Oh, cute. Look at this little back alley. So we cut down by the canal, and then you can just turn left through a wall and you're in like the back of the houses, back of the shops area. George Veal, the baker. Mm, the door's shut. I don't think you can go in there, but maybe they do baking demonstrations sometimes. Cute. And then I suppose that's the back of the sweet shop, so that's where they'd have lived. Back of the pawnbroker. I really, I've said this nine times now, but I love how rustic it is. Hmm. Have you noticed though that it's quite rustic? It's, um, it's one of the things I like about it, is the rusticity. I'll tell you what I really like about it, and I said it at the coal thing, I literally don't know if they've built this here, or if this was here beforehand. Yeah. It's good fun.
there's not that much information up about things, but then there's so many people to talk to that as long as you feel comfortable doing that, you can get lots of information. That's a very good point. Um, but I suppose, again, you know, if you come to a living museum, you'd expect that. Mm. Oh, now I found the front entrance to the bakery. Should we go in? Yeah. See, this house here, this feels a bit smaller than the other ones we looked at, doesn't it? But it's got a chaise long. Yeah? Uh, this is the um, landlord's house. Oh. He was the landlord of a row of back-to-backs. Okay. Which is very unusual because I think it's well, I think it's unique to have the, the landlord's house still attached to back-to-backs because normally they wouldn't want to live anywhere near their tenants. Yeah, fair. Fair. <laughs> I don't know where my landlord lives. No, that's the problem, isn't it? Um, and uh, shows you the difference between how you had a bit of money, how you live, and how you'd have to live if you didn't have it. So this is the more affluent one of the houses. So when we go through, we'll see the yeah, last. Oh yes, because he 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 got um, well, he came from a local family that owned property. His uncle was a yeoman farmer back in 1850. Left him land, and this is before the area was heavily industrialised. Just as they were developing it. Got you. So he thought, I'll build myself a mm. house and I'll build eight to ten. But they, they wouldn't just have been two. The rest of them falling apart uh, and I'll have rent from that yes wonderful okay yeah, so sure. we'll, we'll look around the more affluent one and then we can compare it to how one of his tenants would have lived yeah, one of the interesting things is he's twice as big oh okay <laughs> it had a very large garden where it was before originally very long garden right so with a almost like a veg plot in it would it have a very had? long garden yeah and down the bottom was um, an apple orchard oh nice so it was a big plot of land mm. he also had his own wash house his own toilet and his own tap they would share one wash house one toilet one tap with eight to ten families wow not people families wow and they wouldn't have any garden just a courtyard to hang the washing up and no cellar right okay which was quite significant in that period because it meant that you, he could grow his own food and he could store it, mm. which was, was a huge advantage. Yeah, you just get a bit more planning, don't you, whereas the people renting didn't have that. Well, it's money. It's mm. to do with money because he didn't have to pay for all that. Mm. Next door, no allotment, no garden, no sense. They literally had to go every day and buy what they ate yeah. the local shop. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This is the tenant's house, is it? Yeah, and then you turn around and you come in the tenant's house. Yeah, it's a one up, one down. So it's the tiny little larder slash... Oh. Slash washroom. Well, she said, that lady said... Uh, one tap and outside bathroom would have been shared by eight to ten families. Insane. I'm really worried the landlord's going to put up our rent anyway. I was chatting to that Mrs. Knuckles next door yesterday. No. And she said that the landlord's all doing it. It's just not fair. That's a recording and William has shit himself. So over the road from the landlord's house is a forge where uh, one of the workers is making nails and showing the children how to do it. Floorboard nails, apparently. She's literally steaming hot metal and then hammering it. Oh, that's amazing! Thank you. That's all right. So a thousand of those in a day. Oh my god. <laughs> and the ages of eight until you can't pick up a hammer. And would it have been men and women doing it? It would have been a whole family in here. Oh, wow. So as soon as you were born, you'd brought into here. The babies would have been put on the bellows at the back. Wow. And then you started working in here at four. You'd be pumping the bellows. And then at five, you'd be looking after the fire. And then seven, you'd start making them. Wow. But we'd give you a year until you have to make a thousand. Oh, wow. A day. <laughs> so it's a nice little apprenticeship. Thank you so much, thank you.
And that makes me feel so much better because, like, I really want to have children. But I really worry about, like, oh, I might be away a bit because of work or my kid might be on the road with me until they go to school. Like, you know, is that okay to teach your child? And then you think, like, yeah, it's fine in the grand scheme of uh, what children have been put through. I personally have been building a forge in my spare room. <laughs> and by the time my kid is four, if it's not doing a thousand nails a day, I'm getting rid of it. I reckon you're going to be the softest dad. It's so interactive here, isn't it? It's great. Yep, there's a, um, there's a cinema. Do you see there's a cinema showing Laurel and Hardy? Oh, there's a pub coming up here. Where are we going in now? The, this shop. Those are spades. Well, Laura, I won't lie to you. Um, it's a lot of spades. Full of spades. A couple Spade of forks. capital of the Midwest. Massive trial. It's the ironmonger shop, isn't it? Yes, they've been mongering a lot of iron. Now it's mongered. What's the difference between a monger and a smith? I don't know. Because you can monger fish. Yeah, you can't smith a fish, can you? Fish smith, no. Can you monger gold? Gold monger. Goldsmith. Yeah, I don't know. If you know, tweet us or Instagram us or whatever. You can monger war? Yes. Okay. Should we go up the hill to the lime kiln? Yeah. Laura is uh, absolutely on one with the mayor. <laughs> Do you know what? The mayor would have had a word about that parking. Oh, the mayor would have had a word about that parking, yeah. So here's the first bit that I'm not so sure about. We've just trekked up a little shale path, which nearly killed Will Duggan. Let me just interject quickly. I'm currently walking around, munching on a acid drop, an acid drop, having a lot of fun. About halfway up the hill, I decided to bisect the acid drop <laughs> laterally on the uh, longest axis. In doing so, I created a shard of acid drop that immediately reacted with my natural saliva, creating a very acidic piece of saliva. Before I knew it, I swallowed it. I was in agony. I had to stop for a rest. Continue, please. Yes. And now we're at the top of the hill, and this is the lime kilns. So it's four immensely deep sort of wells, which at the bottom, I suppose, the fire would have been, and then they cook the lime. But there's no information at all. There's no one here. There's no signs. I don't really have a sense of what the lime was for. I don't really know anything about this. Um, they are also quite clearly storing building materials <laughs> for the expansion here as well. Yeah. There's um, some lovely old bricks, some lovely old plaster, and then just loads of pallets from a quantity surveyor. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit like, oh, put a sign up, just with a bit of information on what a lime kiln was for and who would have done it and what Completely. we're looking at here. Like you said earlier, there's not a lot of signs, but that's not been a problem up until no. now. There's always been someone here to go, Looking at this, here's what we're talking about. Yeah. Whereas now, the, the only thing I learned was that some some bloke from Wolverhampton said to his daughter, this used to be Wolverhampton, time, to, uh, Wolverhampton High Street. Yeah, and then when they put in a ring road, they moved it here. Yep. Which answers our question about whether they just built the museum around a nice area or moved it all. They moved it all, and they've done it bloody well. It's great. Except for what's a lime kiln for? If you know what a lime kiln is for, just let me know, please. <laughs> also, be careful with acid drops. <laughs> We're heading sort of to the exit now. We've done everything. And I think um, if I had to give any advice to anyone who was coming, it would be to check the times of the extracurricular things, the park grand opening they do and the mayoral speech and the lessons in the school... Because if you miss them, I think you're missing about half the stuff. Agree? Yeah, but I mean, like, I think if you're here with a family and you're chilling out and you're, like, sitting down and having a drink here and there and a snack, they are quite um, frequent enough that you could just wait five minutes and there's another one. Like, the school was every 45 minutes. Yeah, that's fair. It was twice a day, so a bit less. But I, I don't feel like, you know, if you miss it at 11, you're not going to see it all day. No, but I mean, like, say, 
I suppose, yeah, because this is it's a family day out, isn't it? This is. Yeah, I feel like at the moment, in its current state, I don't think, even with a family, I don't think it would take you more than three hours to luxuriously see everything in a lot of detail. Right, um, let's go chat to Darren. Let's and talk to Darren. Bye. Bye. So, there we go, the Black Country Museum. And we are now joined by comedian, writer, actor, friend, Darren Harriet. Hello, Darren. Hi, guys. Hello. Um, We're having a bit of a laugh over the Zoom because Will's washing machine has got (laughs) the most intense spin cycle I've ever heard. You can laugh all you want, guys. It takes barely any time to dry my clothes. They come out merely moist to the touch. And here's the issue, guys. I have just put it on a spin. What I did was I put some washing on yesterday... Uh, unfortunately, I'd preempted how dry the clothes that were currently drying would be. They weren't entirely done, so I left it in the washing machine. But of course, they've gone musty. So I put it back uh... on just to wash the must out. So actually, welcome to the podcast. Who's this for? You're a domestic king, Will. <laughs> we're filling time here like we haven't got loads to talk about. But thanks so much for sending us to the Black Country Living History Museum. I can never get those words in the right order. Is that the right order? It, it's fine. I mean, Black Country <laughs> Living Museum, we That's call it. The Museum of the Black Country, there isn't many. So, guys, come on, come on. The Black Country, the museum, right? It's When it comes to the Black Country, there's, like, two places that everybody talks about. It's the Living Museum and it's the uh, the zoo, right? right? Two iconic places, of course. I am a big fan of the Living Museum. I've been there before. Last time I went there was about four years ago, um, and I loved it. What did you think? Did you, we loved it. We had a really good time. We thought it was really cute and like all higgledy-piggledy. We got, yeah, we had a great time. But we felt the whole way around, we were like, I bet you had to go here almost every term as a school trip. (laughs) Weirdly, no, we went to the zoo. We went to the zoo um, every term. And then if we didn't go to the zoo, we had an animal man come into school. Oh, yeah, we had the animal animal man at our school. Did you have that as well? Okay, so... I've asked comments about this. Yeah, like an owl this. and a snake. Yeah, and a rabbit. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Our guy did the same thing. It was um, so it was like nineties, and he would he would almost cosplay as Steve Irwin. So this was back when Steve <laughs> Irwin was huge. He would wear like cut off shorts, blonde hair, and he would have an owl. Yeah. And uh, if he couldn't have the owl, it was a parrot. <laughs> yeah. Parrot. And he would bring it into school and we would lose our minds because, uh, you know, where we lived, I guess we didn't really see animals that often. It was great. Uh, the last time I went, we were filming a, a TV show and I got to I got to go and uh, make like chains and oh. stuff on like the um, on like the still So I was like hitting like, you know, like hot iron and I, I made some like the links for the chain because um, in the obviously Black Country Museum is known for uh, is it's. Black country is called the black country because it was one of the most industrialized parts of the country and all that. So um, all of its links are there from, you know, factories and all that sort of stuff. And even now um, we have in the black country, we have a black country day. I don't know if there's, uh, they probably don't talk about it in the museum part because it's like quite recent. It's like, I think it was like 2008, maybe they decided. So 14th of July every year is officially black country day. The black country has its own flag. What? Uh, it's, yeah, they they can't put the flag up in there because uh, it, it it's, it's quite new. The flag is uh, black, white, red sort of lines, sort of like almost like um, diagonal lines, and then there's black chains in between it. Oh. And it's the black. I and if you I've go, seen that, yeah. you've probably seen it around because uh, a lot of a lot of people in the black country will have that sort of flag up now. And every year there's a big uh, people kick off because they say it's racist <laughs> because they're like, oh, you're talking about when you guys used to make chains and whatnot and have slaves, and then there's a big chain in the middle. Any flag with a chain in the middle represented a hundred years ago. You're always going to get people saying slavery, oh. but um, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty legendary, man, and. Uh, it's it's one of those. It's quite an interesting time when it's when it's like Black Country Day yeah. because you know like how you go to Scotland and um, you'll walk through Scotland and you'll see sort of Scottish writing on like walls and stuff. Yeah. I know I know a lot of Scottish people hate it because it's like you know Costa Coffee will be like have all the Scottish writing and they're like you guys don't care about our heritage. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
you get that in the black country. So on black country day, you're walking and like, you more right, bab. Ears get a cuppa and you just stare it down. <laughs> yeah, they really, they, they, they really, uh, they really love it there. Do you feel quite passionate about the black country then, like now that you're an adult and and you're sort of representing it? Does it feel like you want people to know how nice it is there? Way more than oh, I used to. Yeah. I um, when I was there, I just didn't care. I think I, I'm yeah. I live in the black country, so what? It's good. I just live here. We okay. I was way more into Birmingham. Right. Because Birmingham was where uh, I used to hang out. My friends predominantly were. My school and my family and everybody else was in the black country. And the more I, when I left, the more I got into hearing more about the black country and its history and whatnot. And, you know, I'm, 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 it's quite funny because people are like, oh, I, I didn't know about the black country until Peaky Blinders. I've never watched Peaky Blinders. I don't, I've never even bothered to actually sit down and watch it. I just got interested in it because... When I found it, when I started hearing more about its heritage and just in terms of everything it did in in the industrialized era and how it's often forgotten about, I think for me, and I, you know, I, I talk about it in my stand of how I spent years telling people I was from Birmingham just because it was just easier, yeah, and it would just say. But now I'm like, no, no, I'm black. I'm definitely from <laughs> the black country, and I don't know whether I would have been like that if I was still living there. Yeah, it's interesting totally. the way that happens, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, uh, one thing about it is everybody there in the black country, they, even though black country has its fair share of sort of celebrities or comedians, the idea of getting into showbiz there is just, it's unheard of, man. They all look at Lenny Henry, like, I know Lenny Henry's got a knighthood here, but he's like a god. Because <laughs> he's like, not only is he sort of one of us, but he's one of us and has got a knighthood. Yeah. That doesn't happen. So you mentioned his name. And even at gigs sometimes, you mention Lenny Henry's name. People do, hey! Yeah. They get like a big... And it's quite funny because, I don't know, he hasn't lived there in like, what, 40 <laughs> odd years? <laughs> he's like way gone from the black country. But he's, yeah. I, th- I, I also think as well, it's one of those places where you have to keep your accent. You have to have a little bit of the the black country. If you completely lose it and you start sounding like a Londoner or or anywhere else, then uh, you, they will have a go at you about it because it's because it's one of those accents where you get. It's like Scouse, for example, where if you look it's at nicer than Scouse, Darren, it's nicer than Scouse. <laughs> Where it's it's immediately judged, you know. Uh, the black country Birmingham accent was voted as uh, the dumbest oh. sounding accent when you speak yeah on multiple polls the most unattractive and all that sort of stuff and uh, I'm kind of fascinated with certain accents uh, especially when it comes to comedy and I I generally believe that because um, people from the Midlands generally speak quite a bit slower right we are a little we are and I might be completely wrong but I generally believe that we are slightly behind when it comes to just general bants in terms of, I'm not saying we're not bantery people, but if I compared, if I compare the way we speak to Scouse or to Geordie or to literally Ireland, it's completely different. You speak to any Irish comic, quick, the way yeah. they speak, it's just naturally fast, you know, and whatnot. And I, and I remember thinking this, and then you watch a lot of Birmingham comedians, especially growing up, so slow. Everybody talks <laughs> so slow. Not that they're not funny or anything. It's just everything's just a little bit slower. And then you'd watch like a scouser go up, and it's just bam, 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 bam. And I, uh, yeah, it's just that dialect, isn't it? It's just everybody has that. Is that what do you think, where you guys are from? The dialect. Do you notice any dialect differences in terms of like doing comedy? Well, I'm West Country, and there yeah. really aren't that many like stand-ups with a thick West Country accent. No. Jethro. Sure. One from oh, yeah. the last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> like Jade Adams, she's got a strong West Country accent and speaks in it. Yeah. But I, I never had the accent, even as a kid, didn't really oh. have it. Yeah. Yeah, my I, accent, I don't know. My accent's a bit of a mongrel. Like, yeah. I, I should sound like James Acaster. I don't. That's all. Oh, yeah, Catherine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do people in the Black Country sort of view the Black Country Museum? Like, is it something that you are proud of do you like having that link to your past or yeah. Is something that's, yeah no no they they're definitely proud of it 
Um, but it, it's quite strange because it's one of those it, one of those things in the black country where they're really proud of it. They love what it, that it talks about the history, the rich history of the black country. But uh, a lot of black country people don't want to pay to go. Mm. They don't want to go <laughs> because it, 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 in the black country, man, a lot of, you know, again, I do think it comes from that industrialized roots of just not having any money where uh, people just, they don't, they, yeah. they're quite, quite tight. Yeah, if you're going to spend 20 quid, you're not going to look at buildings that probably exist on your estate. You're going to go... Exa- exactly. Buildings that are... Walking, <laughs> walking, <laughs> dis- walking yeah. distance buildings. But it, it, there's so much, you know, there's there's a lot of sadness with it as well because, you know, it's, obviously it was called a black country. Um, it's called a black country because of all the sot in the air. But the life expectancy in 1800 was 16. That was it. What? Nobody lived. 16 was the oldest because the whole air was just black. Yeah. So, and that's why uh, the colours, one is black, one is red, and one is white to represent the different times of the day because it was it was very rarely light. It was either red or it was uh, pitch black. It's really cool. and We never learned it in schools. That's that's one thing I, I, I think they really missed a trick with us. Um, but then again, you know, I don't know what your history classes were like when you were the doing... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, can I learn about the Romans again? Love yeah, the Romans, that. Then, yeah, the Romans. L- love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Divorced, yeah. beheaded, died. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Go on. <laughs> it would have been nice if you just had, even if it was just a short term of just... You know, hey, this is the history of where yeah. you're, where you're from, where your school is. They don't have much yeah. time with it. Like I remember doing things like going and looking at because I grew up like in Somerset, so we'd go and look at the Somerset levels and stuff, which is like this flooded peat area. And I remember like willow weaving was a thing, but you don't really <laughs> understand how that links into the rest of it. So you're like, did it was everybody just weaving willow? Is that what the past was? <laughs> And then they'd be like, you know, oh, King Arthur might have lived around here. Okay, the Tudors again. And you'd be like, oh, all right, then. Yeah. That, that's we all did, we did. Um, Kettering used to make shoes, like really, it's a, sh- a shoe town, like high-end shoes, like uh, Dot Martins are from nearby, Barkers and Lokes, like really good shoes. But we never once, I only know it because my f- friend's dad used to work in one of the shoe factories. Hmm. And if, if, I, you know, <laughs> if, I'd, if I'd had a different friend, it wasn't until I was like 17, 18 that I realised... Like, I kept seeing Lokes everywhere. I was like, oh, yeah, they're from Kettering. Like, why, why don't I fucking they know do this? should a new version of Jumanji that starts in Kettering. <laughs> I can't see it selling well. Well, that starts Let's go to a rock factory. and bowl and have a wimpy. Does it start in a shoe factory? I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, it? shit, Paris Shoes, yeah. yeah. Cause, um, I thought I was going mad for a minute, then I was like, <laughs> I'm editing I this bit out of the chat, aren't I? <laughs> his, uh, What's yeah. happened to Laura? <laughs> I, it yeah. always annoyed me that bit in Jumanji, though, because it's his friend Carl invents the trainer, essentially, then it gets ripped, mm. and Carl becomes a police officer. Spoilers for a 26-year-old <laughs> film. <laughs> but if you've got the knowledge and the skills to build a trainer... Just build another one, Carl. Invent the trainer. Mm. You're going to be rich. Don't just join the police because your prototype got ripped. Always annoyed me that. Wow. Maybe he was a man- despondent. Yeah, it was all about justice after he made the trainers. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he join the police? Anyway, uh, thank you, Darren, for sending us. We had a lovely time. We did, um, yeah. Where can people find you on the old socials? Oh, just at Darren Harriet on all the socials, mate. Get involved. We can talk yeah. about the black country. Yeah, yes, please. Yeah, thank you so much for sending us there. And um, and everybody, go and visit it as well, please. Thank you. And that was lovely Darren Harriet telling us all about the Black Country Museum. We had a great Black Country Living Museum, um, which you should definitely visit. Have a good time there. And if you like us and you love us and you think we're the best two podcasters you've ever heard, please head to our Patreon page and check out all the extras that you can get. We've got one more episode in this series and then we're taking a little break. Um, But if you don't want to be without our voices in that break, you can have an extra podcast every week on a Thursday, in your ears, um, for the small, small price of £5 a month. You can. Uh, you can also follow us on 
Instagram and Twitter at TreasuresPod, and you can send us an email, nationaltreasurespodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, National Treasures, we've got interviews on there, and during our break between series, we'll be popping some more on there, so you're never too far away from a dose of Double Dugs and Double LX. Yeah! Thanks for listening. We love you. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye! Goodbye! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.